Hi, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of TCK's Premier League Podcast. I'm Sebastian Oren, and with me, as always, is Polly Questel and Elliot Niblock. Hiya, folks. Hiya. Hiya. <laughs> oh, hiya. Um, yeah, we got Premier League match day nine coming up here, and we're going to talk about some of the games. And then, as always, you'll get our scoring predictions for all the matches uh, towards the end of the show. Uh, weather update in Cincinnati today. It's been really sunny, and then it was raining like crazy, and now it's just a sort of overcast, gloomy afternoon here. Makes me want to have a fireplace. We had rain this morning. It's sunny now. We're going to have rain tonight. It's exciting. <laughs> what a night. Yeah. yeah, it's similar gray here, but it's a little warmer than it has been. Man, it got down to below freezing last week. Surge Oof. pricing for Uber tonight. Oh, really? They as soon as it starts raining. Well, yeah, because the demand's off the charts. Oh. Yeah. How? Why would we walk four blocks to the next bar when we could Uber there? True. Can I just invest in a good pair of boots and an umbrella? <laughs> Dude, umbrellas are the worst thing ever, and the fact that. The fact that staying dry technology hasn't evolved past the umbrella is like a mark against human society. (laughs) How have we not figured out anything better in the last 70 years? You can always... Uh, We have. It's called a rain jacket. Yeah, rain jacket. Yeah, but but what about your pants and your feet and everything else? Like... Rain pants. Oh, rain sucks. pants. Yes, rain pants. Those I'm are. Looking at, I'm looking at a pair of rain pants that I own right now. Oof. That's well, I also a, ride my bike that's everywhere. That's such a so Westerner. Yeah, it is. It's it, but it's funny too because in uh, in Portland you see people with umbrellas and everybody bristles like, oh, damn Californians moving up here into the Northwest. <laughs> What's wrong with an umbrella? I think they just have a prejudice that. You know, all of the Northern California Californians who migrate further north into Portland can't cut it in the rain because they don't have rain pants and boots and rain jackets like all of those native Oregonians. You know I mean, who I feel like would agree with them? No. The people of Manchester. And now we're back in England. Boom. Segwayed. Hey. I did it again. Well, I was going to say, first and foremost, that in Arizona, we had people of Asian descent that had umbrellas when it was really sunny outside. Whoa! Well, yeah, totally. I mean... You're going there. (laughs) Like... We get them in New York, too, though. Oh, you do? Yeah. No, that that looks kind of weird. I believe they're called parasols. (laughs) Basically, it's a black umbrella. That's what it is. Let's be real here. Sometimes... You don't need to to worry about them in England where it's never sunny. Boom, and now we're back to England again. (laughs) (laughs) We were hopping back and forth across the pond. We haven't even touched on football yet. No, let's do that. First out, we'll talk about Bournemouth. They uh, welcome Tottenham to the Vitality Stadium. And, uh, yeah, Bournemouth, they they put six up in their last game. Uh, Probably won't be as lucky against Spurs. So you're saying it was luck? No, it was a, a it combination. It had nothing to do with Bournemouth playing well and Hull City being really bad. No, oh, of course it was a combination of the two. Of course. Okay. okay. I just... But how many goals? How are they going to fare against Spurs? Significantly the... worse. Like six goals worse. <laughs> <laughs> so still no Harry Kane for Tottenham. He is on the mend, though. So it probably won't be too long until we see him again. And then yeah. to- Toby Alderweireld's injury is supposedly not as bad as they first thought. He will also miss out on this match, but uh, could also be back in action here soon. Which well, is... I think uh, he's going to miss a month at least, right? I'm not sure. Pochettino said the, the scan was clear and it's mostly a muscle thing. So he got a bad knock, you know. It looked horrible, but yeah. you know he might be back as early as next week. We we'll have to wait and see. That would be interesting. But he was very positive about it, and understandable since Alderweireld is the the key in that back four. If you don't count in Loris and the whole thing too. But how did you think? Let's talk about Spurs. Then. That's a so, that's a pretty big thing. Yeah. So Spurs they went up against Bayer Leverkusen here midweek in the Champions League. Eric. 
dire drop back and played in central defense. Um, do you think we'll see that same pairing there with Dyer and Vertonghen against Bournemouth? I mean, it was effective, wasn't it? Like, they kept a clean sheet, yeah, although zero, they zero. certainly they didn't look like they were ever going to be the team to score. And in truth, Chicharito really should have, like, put Bayer Leverkusen up 1-0. I mean, he just missed at point-blank range. Mm-hmm. Or, well, I shouldn't say missed, just put the ball into Hugo Lloris's chest. Well, Hugo Lloris also made the second best save of the week and best save from someone not named David De Gea. Yes, that's that I entirely agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean he had a, he had a great game. There's I would say it's there's between like a 99.9% chance and a 100% chance somewhere between there um that they go with Vertonghen and Eric Dyer at the back again. I'm trying to bring up the uh Here we go. Um only five teams in 40 games have ever kept the clean sheet away to Bayer Leverkusen in the Champions League. So say what you want about Spurs not being looking like the team that was going to score. Uh, what they did simply just doesn't get done too often. Hmm. Um, give them credit. It worked. Uh, Dyer, Dyer's a central defender naturally. That's where he came up. Uh, they have the depth. You know, if this was a year ago, I would have said maybe you go to Wimmer – uh, or maybe just figure something out because Dyer was so indispensable in the midfield with Wanyama and, and Dembele. They have the ability to um, protect that back four with Dyer at the back four, and you're that's how you're going to play it off. Mm. You, you do that. You... Elliot, do you think Bournemouth is going to try and take a page out of the West Brom book? Uh, I... Maybe I kind of hope not, but uh, I don't know. I'm hoping that good old Jackie Wilshire gets up for it against his former arch rival with the Arsenal. Former, perhaps. I mean, one keeps future. Shatting them on. Yeah, but I mean, Wilshire hates Tottenham, didn't he? Yeah, of didn't course he say does. something on Twitter last year about them. No, he. Well, I don't know. He probably. He also got into. Uh, uh, you know, bunch of hot water for on the FA Cup victory lap, saying, "What right, do you think of one. Tottenham?" Um, shit. One. What do you think of shit? Tottenham. Um, <laughs> Which is so. Also, wait, wait, but like, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. They're not going to play like West Brom. West Brom didn't. It's not like look. Uh, three weeks ago, when Spurs beat City, Spurs might have unearthed the blueprint on how to beat City. West Brom didn't unearth the blueprint on how to beat Spurs. They just played dirty like they always do. And um, Bournemouth manager is Eddie Howe, uh, not Tony Pulis. So yeah. that's a strike in the probably not going to play like West Brom category. And let's be honest, Bournemouth aren't a great team. If they wanted to, if they wanted to play that way and like you know ensure that they pick up points and ensure survival in the Premier League, Eddie Howe could easily walk in and say, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to foul a lot. We're going to play it. We're going to muck up games. They don't do that. That's not the Bournemouth way. They go out there and they play. So I think no chance they're going to play like that. I think they're going to say we, like, yes, we beat, it was it was six goals against Hull, but, like, we still scored six goals. You know, we have the confidence going forward. Sometimes scoring goals just get, gives you confidence. And they're going to say, they're going to look and say, yes, Tottenham are good, but Alderweireld is, is out. And we're going to attack them. We're on our home field. We're going to attack them. We're going to hit them hard. And they're going to try to take the game to Tottenham. So, you know, totally unrelated, former Bournemouth and Tottenham manager Harry Redknapp apparently ran over his wife in a parking lot <laughs> outside a shopping center in Bournemouth. What? Was yes. he giving an interview? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he apparently backed her over. That's, that's this was too like bad. a min- minor issue, like. Like she's okay, right? Yeah, she. I mean, she apparently she injured her foot, but okay. yeah, so no, like, no, glad, no hard like, injuries. People no. that this could happen to, like Harry Redknapp, is pretty high up on the list. Like yeah. where, like, oh, that would happen to you. Yeah, kind of bizarre. And apparently, <sighs> he works as a consultant for Central Coast Manors in the A League in Australia. On how to spend more money than you're making. I have no idea. <laughs> so yeah. Well, that will do it for that matchup. Let's move along. And uh, we got Arsenal taking on Middlesbrough. 
Arsenal coming off that 6 nothing, you know, showcase game against Ludogorets in the Champions League. Uh, Mesut Ozil picking up a hat-trick. And uh, Elliot, I'm assuming you watched that match. And, oh, uh, yeah, I did. How, uh, how happy were you after the match, and how confident are you going in against the game against Burrow? Um, I was extremely happy after the match. I was not happy at halftime. Um, even though we went in, I was hat. Well, I was, yeah, happy it was only we two nothing. Oh, well, no, but the, but from, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to sound like, uh, you know, cookie cutter, doom and gloom Arsenal supporter here. But to be honest, from minute about 16 or 17 until minute 43, we, we looked really shaky and, Ospina was forced into a couple of saves that, you know, I'm... They... Ludogorets looked good value for money to bet on them for an equalizer for half an hour in that first half. And so during that, I was... I was pretty nervous. I was more nervous... I was more nervous for longer than I thought I'd be in a game that ended 6-0. And then the second half happened and it was just... Yeah, you know, beautiful from front to back. But it, this is an Arsenal team that is playing really, really well. But I, yeah, I mean, it was gorgeous. And I do like our chances against Middlesbrough. I think that we have to anticipate taking all three points from that game. You know, again, you never want to underestimate the opposition in the Premier League. There's no such thing as a total fluff team at this point. But, I mean, Mason Ertzel getting his first hat trick was just gorgeous. He's just shooting the ball into the ground, and it's ending up in the back of the net, and it's great. Yeah, Can I'm you like... act like an Arsenal fan for once? <laughs> Paul, I, knew, I knew this was going to get your goat. But, yeah, I mean, it was great. 6-0. It was fantastic. But, My uh... friend was bragging about it after the game, bragging about how good Arsenal was. Like, dude. You beat a team from goddamn Bulgaria, 6-0. Like, as as one of my friends said, Manchester United under Jose Mourinho would have would have beaten them 6-0. Um, as I said, if Spurs were playing this Bulgarian team, um, Dutch Roberto Soldado Vincent Jansen would have at least scored a goal in that game. Yeah. You beat a team from Bulgaria, for crying out loud. And, and as my other friend said, this is just classic Arsenal fan. Get the big win against a crappy team in, all, in October, and all of a sudden, um, all of a sudden, hey, we're, we're back. We're going to win the league this year. Like, as if you've never watched this movie before, as I say every week right now. Well, what, are you, what are you September, talking about? I'm not saying that. I'm like, I, know, I, but be... I want you to. I want you to. I want you to be like an <laughs> Arsenal fan. Like all the other Arsenal fans who apparently have very short-term memories and have never seen this movie before, even though every September and October you guys play the best football in the league. Um, Every September and October, Theo Walcott looks like the future English, the best striker in England. Um, And then November comes and all of a sudden it all falls apart again. Well, Uh, yeah. I mean, never seen that movie before. Exactly. But I neither. Now you get to, to face Middlesbrough and. It seems that every week when Middlesbrough comes up, um, we we keep doing that thing where like we we imagine in our heads like, oh, remember how Middlesbrough is supposed to be the best of all the the newly promoted teams? Oh, right, they are. Yeah, they're pretty good, and and the Grado's not terrible. No, Middlesbrough are terrible. Like they got off to a good start, and that's over. They're terrible. If you saw that game against Watford last week, where Watford finally kept a clean sheet, that clean sheet was kept by Watford not because Watford were any good. They were terrible, but Middlesbrough was worse. And right now you have a very informed Mesut Ozil, you have a informed Alexis Sanchez, and you have a very informed Theo Walcott. And as an entire team, the Theo Walcott thing, I'd be concerned about if I were you, Elliot, because I picked him up in fantasy. So that could be (laughs) big time, big time, uh, Uh, bad, bad omen for you. Uh, But everybody has. Everyone That's has like, to do their part in slowing down Arsenal, and I'm just doing mine. So, yeah, it's gonna be a one thing, The one thing that I will say is, no, like, yeah, I am uh, too much of a student of history and not nearly naive enough to think that this six nil win is the, uh, you know, harbinger of Arsenal's coming title challenge. You know, maybe we'll challenge for the title, but I'm not. 
I'm not taking it as, you know, a clear sign of that. But what I will say is that Theo Walcott, I am, I'm just over the moon about him and I, I'm over the moon, but also kind of in shock, right? Like I did not, he is playing in a way that I think every Arsenal fan has always wanted him to, but most had come to believe he was incapable of. And just the, you know, be, he's switched on all the time. And that is something, even when he's been scoring goals in the past, I never would have said of Theo Walcott. And if he, I mean, good Lord, if he can keep this up, then Lucas Perez is never breaking into this team. Sorry, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we look at Middlesbrough, though, their manager, Aitor Karanka, came out and said that he would be totally satisfied finishing 17th and just hanging on in the Premier League. Is that something you go out and say after eight games? You could say that you could say that on day one if you're managing a uh, a newly promoted team. It just it seems it seems ridiculous though, don't you think? That that's your goal. That's your yeah. goal. Should everybody's goal be to win to win the league? Yeah, but you know what? Like, like look, I'm happy that at the time I was fine with Louis Van Hall saying our goal is to finish in the top four because I understand there's. There's a ladder. I understand that. Yeah. There's a ladder. And, and you know, when you finish seventh, you should aim to get back into the top four before you start aiming to finish first. So we're going to try to finish in the top four. Then the following year, it's now we're going to compete for the championship. You finish outside the top four again. Jose Mourinho comes in, and he and he says, we want to win the title, which I, didn't, I think we're not – coming into the year, I thought we improved enough that that wasn't an unrealistic goal. Obviously, Middlesbrough would be over the moon – excited with a championship but right now they're you know what step one stay in the league next year See, next yeah. year finish in the middle of the t- it's a ladder and and fans are fans understand that and it's a very un-american thing um to to to, to react to that you know like I, when when Jurgen Klinsmann said said we can't win the world cup this year in 2014 said in 2018 we want to finish in the semis americans were like how are you saying that why aren't you saying we can win you know, because it's that's not how like you know it's 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 a ladder, it's a process, it takes time. Uh, it's it's the Americans that don't like, that don't like saying, hey, let's let's go for it all. But you know what? Like, I don't think any Middlesbrough fan is going to be upset that he's saying, hey, our goal is to stay in the league. Nah, I I disagree though. Well, so it's part of it has to do with semantics, I think, um, because Middlesbrough uh, having their goal of staying up, yeah, of course. Right, I think that's reasonable. Claudio Ranieri spent until Christmas last year saying our goal is forty points and to stay up. Okay, fine. I mean, I, I think that, I think that when you when you're sitting in, so something Seb said is I think the the key for me here, right? Like to say our goal is to stay up, that's fine. Obviously, the like bare minimum for that is seventeenth place, which is where they sit now. But what Seb said is, you know, after eight games, after eight games, you're in 17th place and you're going to say at the end of the season, you know, if this is where we sit, I'll be happy. Yeah, of they're course. playing we like crap. That. We get that. But I, I still think that, that when when you are on the cusp of relegation and only, in fact, above the relegation zone on goal difference saying, oh, yeah, I'm comfortable with where we're at. Obviously, he's not saying that exactly, but I think that... That's not, exa- that's not what he's saying at all. He's saying, if we ended up here, I'd be okay. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I would like to see, I would, or, or hear, rather, a little bit more ambition. He will never be comfortable because he's, he, has to, he has to get the results to stay there. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's... If look, if he score, if 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 Middlesbrough, if it's January 18th and Middlesbrough just won a game and got to 40, and that and they are on 42 points, and the manager came out and said, "Oh, that's probably going to be enough to keep us in the league." I'd be okay if we didn't win a single game the rest of the year. That's a problem. But right now, if you give a Middlesbrough fan a contract that said you're going to get 42 points at the end of the year and you're going to and you're going to stay up, and they would sign that on the dotted line right oh, now. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, and again, that's why I suggested that part of this is semantics, because I think that there's a difference between saying our goal is to stay up no matter what and saying 17th where we sit now is fine, right? Because 
no, because no Burrow fan wants to go in, you know, wants it like the middle end of April to be chewing holes through their scarves every match, mm-hmm. worrying that they're going to, you know, face the drop, right? Yeah. And so, and so for that reason, I feel like saying at this point, like, no, you, you want to be in 15th place in mid-April, right? Like, even if you end up dropping to 17th. I, I don't know. Again, it's... I think we've said enough about this, but mm-hmm. I also think Middlesbrough are going to lose to Arsenal this weekend. So sorry, you're not going to climb out of 17th yet. Yep, they might even fall down depending on what happens below them. Uh, Liverpool they take on West Bromwich Albion. Um, Klopp came out and said before the game that it, you know it's going to be a tough one. It was a two-two draw last time the two teams met at Anfield, and we all know West Brom are going to do their very best to muck it up and uh, bored the crap out of us and Liverpool. Yeah. Boy, what a rough week to be a Liverpool supporter. Just buses on top of buses. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm glad you said that. Because on Monday night, on Monday night um, after the game, there were a lot of Liverpool fans that were complaining about the way that Manchester United and Jose Mourinho played. About parking the boss and how they had no intention of actually staging a soccer match that night and you know what i say to them consider yourselves lucky that you only have to watch that one more time this year and united fans have to deal with that every freaking game so you know what (laughs) deal with tony pulis it's one week out of your life and then then following that it's two more times all year where you're gonna have to deal with that crap consider go count your lucky eggs that you have jürgen klopp as your manager you know what, Paul? I, I, t- I totally agree with you. That is a point well made. <laughs> I don't want to hear your sympathy. All right? Guess what? You just got practice learning how to play against a parked bus. And uh, tip number one is don't start Daniel Sturridge. Um, Gareth Southgate should probably do the same thing uh, as not starting Daniel Sturridge. Don't start Daniel Sturridge. You start Adam Milana, which is absolutely ridiculous that I have to say that, and ridiculous that I am saying that because he's a very average player, but Liverpool did look a lot better when he came on the field last time. And, um, you know, you do what you did in the second half against United, and I feel yeah. like things will work out for you because this week you're not facing David De Gea. David De Gea, exactly. I mean, that's the thing, is that almost any other keeper in the world, Liverpool would have won 2 nil with anyone else in this between that's an offensive statement that's an offensive statement i said almost yeah take out that word that's the oh. offensive word that was the trigger word <laughs> oh my gosh all right i mm, yeah <laughs> yeah okay i'm willing to call david de Gea the best keeper in the world certain i mean I, certainly I, after I, I, uh, all right wait i will I'm going to give you this. I'm not saying definitively David De Gea is the best keeper in the world. When you go all around games, there are other people that I'm willing to say that these guys are, the conversation is these three or four guys. I'll give you that. David De Gea is without question, the best shot stopper in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, he, he wins you points. That's for sure. But we're talking about Liverpool here. So, (laughs) Yeah, what what about their goalie situation? I I don't feel like Loris Corius has really been that good since coming in, and Mignolet is average at best. Is there is yeah, but is there still like? Do you feel like they might you know be able to play well enough to get a in a good position this season, but then they have to go out again next summer and get a proper number one in. Uh, I I mean, yeah, it's something they haven't addressed in years, the same way that, like, that United seem to just keep ignoring the whole we need a, a center back issue. Uh, or that Arsenal just for years ignored the whole holding midfielder, striker, and center back issue. Uh, yeah, but you can – every team is going to be flawed, and if Liverpool can just mask that flaw, they'll, they'll be okay. Well, they do have left back James Miller in the form of his life. Left back James Milner has not, not even so much produced a scary moment for Liverpool yet. When That's is that? Well when going. is that England call up going to come? When is Southgate going to be like, "Hey, James, I want I want you to come. I think you can start for us." 
do a good job. Well, but that, I mean, every other England manager has said that about James Milner. <laughs> well, I mean, that that's the reason why, you know, part of the reason why he's, you know, said goodbye after the Euros was that he's not, he doesn't just want to take up a squad spot and, you know, he'd let, rather have some young kid take it, which is Well, that's, nice I mean, that's him. why Carrick has, has, Carrick's pretty much said no every time England call him. Like, you know, Carrick will be, Carrick was in the form of his life heading into Euro 2012 and England called him up and he said no because he was like I'm not going he's like I'd rather have the summer off he's like I don't want to go to the Poland and Ukraine to be member number 19 on the squad yeah but if your country comes calling hmm, hmm, we'll get to that later Manchester (laughs) City they take on Southampton so um, do you feel like Southampton falls into that group of teams that can actually cause City some trouble? Uh, yeah, yes, I want to say yes. <laughs> yes, question mark? Uh, Before we even say that, I'm going to give Seb credit because the guy can't pick a, a, the scoreline of a game correct to save his life. But weeks ago, he was all over this whole you know, city are about to implode thing and that their schedule was way lighter than we thought it was. And that, that bad times are coming. Yeah. Yeah. Bravo said, thank you. Thank you very much. I still trailed by a lot, but whatever. (laughs) At least I got that one. Right. Yeah, But I haven't picked the correct game in like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Elliot had a really good week. We'll get to that later as well. But yeah, so City, they're coming off a 4 nothing loss to Barcelona in the Champions League. Lionel Messi scored a hat-trick. Uh, Claudio Bravo got himself sent off. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do we want to talk a little bit about that game? What was Bravo thinking there? Oh, use your hands. That's just a white line on the field. It's totally arbitrary. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's the kind of thing where it's the – rush of adrenaline and muscle memory comes into play as opposed to actual thought. It would have hit his chest. Like, what are you protecting? Yeah, probably, probably. I, I don't know. It's, I don't think that he saved a goal, but there's a slim chance he could have. And I also, it's hard to, I don't think, I don't think he could have because, or he, I don't think he saved the goal by using his hands because I think if he keeps his hands down, the ball hits his chest shoulder area. Yeah. Well, you know what? There was a, a match. Golly, it was, five or six years ago now. Um, I think it was actually in La Liga with Iker Casillas in goal for Real Madrid. And he similarly, he came out to rush the ball and um, he was saved the first and for the rebound, he came out outside of the area, but he had the presence of mind and like the shot, he headed it down, which was incredible because I mean, it was a rip from 30 yards out and that, it, that's a ball coming fast into your forehead, and yet he he was a champion on that one. So yeah, okay. But here here's a question for you guys: Does even if we want to give him the benefit of the doubt and be like, yeah, okay, well, muscle memory, as I said. Um, I mean, does this is this a sign that maybe Guardiola messed up by getting rid of Hart? Like, do we think that he would have been a better keeper for this match? I was about to say. Um... Heart playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. I don't. I don't feel like Bravo is such an upgrade from Heart. No, he's got no, better definitely. feet, Seb. He's got better feet. Yeah, but what does that matter when you can't save a shot? It matters for the build-up play for the attack. Oh God! As long as you can make that first little pass to one of the defenders, whatever. He's got. I mean, like, let's let's be honest though. Was this was this Pep getting too cute? I mean, he played Kevin De Bruyne as a false nine when you only have Sergio Aguero, who might be the best striker not named Messi on the planet right now. Certainly the best Argentinian striker not named Messi. Yes. (laughs) I think Suarez might be ahead of him. I don't. I mean, it's it's hard. You're entitled to your own I mean, it's hard to say since they have that trio there that's just so damn good. I don't know how much. He also know. doesn't play centrally. No. Well, isn't Suarez the central one there? No, isn't Messi? I want to say it's Suarez. Okay. I still want to say Aguero's better because he is. 
Anywho. So yeah, so Southampton. Looking I think at... they can give City problems. I, I, if City don't win this game, it's time to start being like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. You know, and maybe maybe turn your pitchforks onto to that manager in Manchester. Give the other one some breathing room, even though the other one <laughs> suck. Um, I think City get the job done though. But it, yeah, Southampton. I think Southampton. They're they're much better away from home than they are at home. I mean, at home than they are away from home. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they're they're they are starting to put it together. It should be a nice little interesting one. Yeah, they're yeah. coming off a one nothing loss to Inter, a game where they actually dominated play, but uh, ended up losing. So we'll see how much how hungry they are for revenge. Then that was on Sunday. We should say. Uh, both Manchester clubs playing on Sunday, the light game on Sunday. That's Chelsea taking on Manchester United, and uh, of course, all everything ahead of this game has been about Jose Mourinho's return to Stamford Bridge, yada yada yada. And do you think, Paulie? Do you think he's going to go with the same mindset he did against Liverpool that? I don't want to lose this game no matter what. That's the biggest question. Or what, he, what does he want to do? Or does, does, he he do to, does he want to beat Chelsea or does he want to not lose to Chelsea? God, just go for the win. If you lose, uh, you lose. I'm okay yeah, with that. I'm that's okay. Not yeah. I'm okay with that. Just go for it. If you end up yeah, losing. And if you, look, if you want to play the same way that you played against, um, that you played against Liverpool, fine by me, but you have to make two changes. You have to make two changes to the team. And one of them is Rashford goes to the left and Lingard comes in on the right. And the other is Carrick comes in for for um, Fellaini. For Fellaini. Yeah. So this way you can sit back and defend all you want so that you don't so that you don't concede and fall down. But at least when you get the ball, you have players on the field that can identify the pass that needs to be made to spring the attack, and you have players on that can actually go and make the attack. Yeah, but Carrick has played his one game of the month. I know that's the problem. Well, uh, oh, you, pl- uh, you think he's gonna play in the in the cup? Maybe, uh, maybe, it's cup. maybe not it's because it's city. city. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, United coming off a four-one win over Fenerbahce in the Europa League. Uh, Paul Pogba scoring twice, Martial scoring, and Lingard scoring. Uh, I should say that. And Robin Van Persie scoring. Two of those goals were on penalty kicks. And Robin Van Persie. Yes. Yes. Who could cool. still be a Manchester United player if it weren't for Alex Ferguson's retirement. That's 100% true. That's 100% true. I know. I'm, signed... I'm boxing, but I do think that it actually holds water. <laughs> but, like, the, the whole, I mean, unless his form completely fell off the fell off the map, and I don't think it would have if – I think that David Moyes came in and kind of ruined Van Persie and Van Gaal really ruined him. I don't think that would have happened under Fergie. He was screwed in the Moyes year anyway because everybody said – that the Fergie retirement effect hit Robin Van Persie the hardest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he signed with them because Fergie said, I'm going to be here for a while. And then Fergie said a few months later, things changed and it hit Van Persie the hardest. Van Persie is an interesting character. It was great that he scored and it was great that it was a 4-0 game so that all of Old Trafford could stand and applaud him because we really do love him, which is interesting because he played at United for three years and two of those years he was really bad. <laughs> yeah, but one of those years, he's the reason in that you lifted of, the Premier League yeah. that, That's exactly right. Is he single-handedly won us the title? And in terms of individual seasons, um, in my life watching this team, he had the second best individual season I've ever seen behind Ronaldo in 2008. Hmm. I, I mean, he and let's not forget that Ronaldo and not to compare them. Not uh, it's comparing apples and oranges, but Ronaldo in 2008 played with one of the best teams in Europe ever. Uh, uh, best team in Europe. They won the Champions League that year. One of the best defenses in Europe ever. That team just didn't concede goals. The Van Persie year, that team couldn't keep a clean sheet to save their life. We won the title because we outscored teams, and we outscored teams because Robin Van Persie did that. Mm-hmm. So that was cool that that he got his goal on his return to Old Trafford. Um, Carrick did play. And, and I said this before the game. Uh, this was annoying. I said it. Before I tweeted it before the game was, I'm very glad to see the Carrick-Pogba partnership out there. The problem is, uh, if they do well, which I think they will, because that's probably your best midfield partnership, but if they do well, 
everybody's just going to be like, oh, but it was Fenerbahce in the Europa League, a.k.a. it was against some Bulgarian team. In this case, Turkish <laughs> team. But, you know, that's it, it's taken it with a grain of salt. Like, you know, it was the Europa League, and I think that's the problem. Like, how much are you going to read into beating Fenerbahce, even though this was the partnership that you should be using? And I mean, this could be the type of game that Pogba needed to get going as well. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, what did you think about, so United wins two, win two penalties uh, within three minutes of each other at the end of the first half. Wayne Rooney takes zero of them. Yeah. Um, and Michael Owen, very critical of his former teammate. He said that it's ridiculous that Rooney um, let Pogba and Martial take those penalties, and it shows that he's no longer hungry. And if he took both those penalties, he would have passed Ruud van Nistelrooy for goals in European competitions for United. He's still trying to chase down Bobby Charlton for most goals. Owen Hargreaves, also a former teammate, he said um, this was Rooney being the captain and, you know, saying, you know, maybe the penalty is what Pogba needs to get going. Mm -hmm. And and then Owen, of course, countered by saying Rooney needs to get going too. So he is right about that. But where do you see that? Are you do you do you think Owen's right? Do you think Hargreaves right? Does this mean he's not hungry? I no. thought it was interesting that he didn't take him. But you know, both players that took the penalties, Pogba and Martial, are both two players that do need to get going. Yes, absolutely. And I think that you know, and they said before Mourinho said too that Pogba was the designated first penalty kick taker. Um, Martial, uh, I mean, it can always change. Sometimes we have players just like Rooney in his debut took give me the, the ball, ball off of Ryan Giggs. Exactly, so. give me the ball. Um, no, I have no problem with Pogba and Martial taking the penalties. I really don't. I think it's good that both of them scored. Um, Rooney's going to get his goals eventually, and no, he's still hungry. It's just that he. He might be coming around to the fact that he's not going to play every game. He's going to be in a different situation in the club, but he's still hungry. That's just Michael Owen should just focus on his goddamn racehorses or something. Yeah, I mean, oh, Michael Owen tore up your knee and you were never the same. You scored, you had a hat trick for us, and you scored a fantastic goal against City. We'll always love you for that. And then after that, what did you do for us? Yeah. You just convinced Sir Alex Ferguson that he had an extra striker when he, in fact, he did not. Yep, basically. Uh, what did you think about Matteo Dormian and Luke Shaw? They got a rare start here. They, they did well. I don't, I, I, I don't understand. I mean, Luke Shaw like had like a bad stretch in one game, and all of a sudden he's in Mourinho's doghouse. Yeah, that's that's pretty weird. Yeah, like uh, Matteo Dormian, we know Mourinho <laughs> doesn't like him. He likes Valencia. Okay. Fine, I'll I'll live with that. Well, I almost to me, feel... that's like that's like tomato tomato. They're yeah, but I, the same. I almost feel like they should go out and get someone. Well, they they are. They're looking into to that in in January. Um, they should have picked up Danny Alves. Yeah, I mean, you saw it though. You saw it on Monday. Valencia takes that right back position very seriously. Doesn't get forward if he's told not to. Yeah. Um. So you know, it, it is. It's the Europa League. Give give the guys a chance to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chelsea though, since switching over to that 3-4-3 formation, two straight clean sheets. Uh yes, one of them was against Hull, but team seems to be feeling good. Conte is liking what he's seen from the side since switching over and what he's seen in practice. The guy's really buying into the system. I think he's starting to get things in order here. I really do. Oh, yeah, and now I they're really start do. playing that Italian style. Yeah. It's not going to be super fun at all times, but it's effective. Now, who? What other manager used to be at Stamford Bridge of whom we said that? Hmm. Mm, yes. Oh, I can't think. I can't think of anyone. Yep. No, that is true. But I mean, the the thing is that Conte still has. I feel like he's still on an upward curve, whereas Mourinho yes. is on a downward. Yes, I, I agree with that. Let's put it this way. It's a good thing that this game's on at 11 a.m. and not 7.30 a.m. because at least now I have a chance of staying awake during it. <laughs> midday nap, otherwise? No, the midday nap will come as soon as the jet game starts. Ooh. Ooh. Who are they playing? 
Does it matter? I <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I, I really hope that he does go for the win. I, I, it's better to just go for it and lose one nothing. That's because I don't want to see. What, no, it's better. It's. No, no, I don't. No, I don't want to see. Was, I don't want to see what they did against Liverpool because that was just. If they was one nothing, it's not going to be because they went. They always won nothing because they're sitting back and they give up a goal. I'd rather them go for it and lose four two, or four one, or even four nil, but actually go for it. Then, like if they go for it and they're and they get blown out the doors, you know they'll lose more than one nothing. But no. yeah, I, I agree with you. I'd rather see them going for it. But I admire your positive thoughts. I hey, I gotta upweigh your negativity and cynicism. So this is just pragmatic. Yeah, I'm being I'm being Jose Mourinho. I am being pragmatic about this, and and I think I know whether. Or not, he wants. I know he wants to win. The question is, is his desire to not lose and be so that Chelsea don't have to laugh at him. Does that outweigh it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see if he's got the stones to go for it. No. <laughs> no, Man City took it, took him. He he tried to get the stones, but he couldn't. Oh, uh, I'm I'm actually glad they did not land stones because I mean, I would have Eric Bailly all every day of the week. <laughs> Every day of the week before downstones. Okay, let's get into the scoring predictions. I'm at the bottom, 49 points, but I got six games right, and I got the two points for the Man City Everton result, which is nice. Um, Polly, you got four games right. I had a lead, and I relinquished it like before the 12:30 game even started. Yeah. And then Elliot had a. Oh, mon- no, I didn't even have a lead. That was two weeks ago. That oh, I had a lead. Yeah, Elliot had a monster week. He had eight games yeah. right plus the the Stoke Sunderland result. Yeah, it's. I don't think I've had eight games right all season so far. Only that was... seven that up. So yeah, that's uh, that's good. So let's get into it. Early game on Saturday. That's Bournemouth against Tottenham. Joel. Uh, um, hmm. No, they're going to be too strong. I'm going to go 3 nothing to Spurs. I agree with you in the result, but not in the scoreline. I think that Bournemouth are going to do enough to get a goal at home, but I think Spurs have too much. So I'm going to go 2-1 Tottenham. 1-0 Tottenham, because Tottenham don't really have the offense to play at Bournemouth. But they definitely have the defense. They'll figure it out. They'll find a breakthrough. Then we got Arsenal, Middlesbrough. Uh, with that 6 nothing game in mind, I'm going to say they're going to be a little bit overconfident. They're going to snatch some chances. It's only going to be a 2 nothing victory. <laughs> Dang it. That was the scoreline I was going to go with. Um you know what? I'm going to say that we get another one, but we also get exposed at the back and win 3-1. By who? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Arsenal will find a way. Although think- this this Mustafi-Kashelny partnership, I'm I am so sold on it. I'm buying it to the end. Uh, I think I think Seb is right. Arsenal are going to fluff a lot of chances. But they're going to fluff a lot of chances. Like they should have won nine nil. They're going to win four nil. Three of those goals are going to be of the gorgeous variety. And it's going to really put fire on the Arsenal fans as they look at, and they're going to watch those, the Ozil and the Ozil and Walcott sensational strikes. And they're going to be like, how are we not going to win the league this year? <laughs> okay. Then we got Burnley taking on Everton at Turf Moor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Burnley, Everton at Turf Moor. Uh, this is Burnley's shot of picking up points. That's at home, but Everton feels a little bit too strong for them. Yeah. Two, two to one to Everton. 2-0 mm. Everton. I think I might even put Lukaku as my captain this week. Uh, I, I was I was torn between the 2-1 and the 2-0. I think Everton are going to win, so when in doubt, go with Elliott. 2-0. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from the sub scores. Yeah, exactly. Unless it's Manchester City. Um, <laughs> then we got Hull taking on Stoke. 
this is not a game I'm gonna pay close attention to. That's for sure. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, halt blah. Really, uh, the way they've been playing lately, Stoke finally got a win. Uh, yeah. yeah, the Joe Allen hype. I gotta buy into it. Um, two to one Stoke. No, two nothing Stoke. I was gonna say, how do you yeah. expect him to score? Yeah, yeah. two nothing Stoke. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I this is a this is a big relegation six pointer. I think that's clear already. Yes. That, like, that Stoke have the talent to climb out of the relegation zone, but they've got to put it together. I'm not convinced that they're definitely going to do so. Um, but I also think that it's it's important in this that center back Mike Dawson is going to be back for the first time this season. And I think that his presence is going to help keep Stoke out of the goal. And maybe Hull can get a goal at home. I'm going to hope so. I'm going to say 1-0 Hull City. All right. Elliot's missing the whole, like, Hull City are really, really, really bad thing. Yes, so, I unfortunately, know, I have to go with... They can't win a game. I have to go with Seb on this and say 2-0. There we go. Then, uh, Leicester, they take on Crystal Palace. Uh... Pardew is backing Leicester to get better, but hopefully it won't be against his side. They are coming off another win in the Champions League where they're sitting pretty with three straight wins. First team to ever win their first three games in the Champions League. First English team? First team ever to win their first three games in the Champions League. Like in the the club's history to win their first three games. Okay, you mean the first team that was in their first Champions League Correct. that won their... Ah, okay. Uh, okay. okay. The first I'm with of the you. season, their first ever three games. Impressive. Impressive. No other team has ever done that. But uh, Crystal Palace, they're playing pretty well. 1-1 one, one draw. I can see that. I, yeah, I can see that too, but I think... I don't know. I, I think this is one that... Lester can put together and win. Uh, do they keep a clean sheet? I'm not sure of that, but 2-1. Yeah, I have this theory that while Lester are getting their doors blown out of them before the Champions League, they've actually, then they go and they win the Champions League game and then they go out and they play really well the next week. Uh, it's not a very accurate one. They did well the first time around. The second time around, they got the nil-nil draw to Southampton, but I've put it in my head. I've convinced myself that this theory is true, and that's why they're going to find a way to win 2-1 in this one. Mm. Mm. Then we got Swansea and Bra Bradley taking on Watford. Watford not playing a very fun game last week. Swansea in a transitional period. 1-1 one, one draw. Bob Bradley's first points in England. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did I say for this? Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I'm going to give Bob Bradley a, a win. I'm going to give him a such straight a homer up win. Pick. Oh, such a homer pick. What would you say? Yeah. I'm, I'm giving Bob Bradley the win in this one. 1-0. Uh, 1-0, Swansea. I give Swansea credit because they came up against a really informed Arsenal team and they did well. They fought. They they almost got an equalizer late. Watford has been playing very well. They blew the doors off of United, but that was weeks ago. They were really bad against a really bad Middlesbrough team. So not only does Bob Bradley get his first point in England, he gets his first three points in England. Two to one. Hmm. Then we got West Ham taking on Sunderland at the London Stadium. We know that West Ham has had some troubles at home, but Sunderland are just so poor. Um, yeah, I want to see the Pia show. It's it's about damn time. Three nothing West Ham. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just tag along, Polly. Just tag along. West Ham are the winners of the who gets to play Sunderland lottery. Yes. Uh, 
they get. Yeah. get I mean, we, we're saying that there's no easy games, but right now this season, Sunderland is an easy game. There's there's easy games. It's called Villa Derby County Sunderland. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the most difficult part about this is that West Ham can't play at home. But they'll figure. Yeah. It. I I don't I think that they'll win, but I don't think they're going to keep a clean sheet. I'm going to say. 3-1, so inevitably it's going to be 3-0, and I will suddenly find myself cheering for Sunderland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always fun. You don't you're... know what's going to happen. Sunderland's going to win this game. Yeah. <laughs> they're oh. the only team that, does, that doesn't have a win yet. Like, yeah. They're going to win. Mm. And then we round things off on Saturday with Liverpool, West Brom. I don't think that West Brom is going to... They're going to make it tough, but... I still think Liverpool are going to win. Let's make it 2-1. Elliot? I don't think that West Brom score a goal. I'm, I mean, I'm 1-0 Liverpool. Shouldn't have let you pick first. The <laughs> Elliot rules. The Elliott rules. 1-0, one, 1-1. One, one. Um, obviously, West Brom aren't scoring goal. Liverpool, they did this last week. The difference is no David De Gea. One of those shots finds the net. You get your 1-0 win. You go home. Everybody's happy. Enjoy Jurgen Klopp. Stop being ungrateful fans. You get to watch beautiful football the rest of the season. And I'm going <laughs> to go and sulk in Manchester. Yeah, and you have a manager that's happy, too, which is kind of nice. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And a manager with whom the fans are happy, so there's not that constant bristling back and forth. Exactly. You have the best manager in the world. Like when, with with all things considered, personality, funness, tactics, likability, you have the best manager in the world. Go be happy. Yeah. Continue not winning Premier Leagues, though. Mm-hmm. Man, then Sunday, Manchester City, Southampton. Ah. <sighs> uh... No, they'll get it done. Um, oh, good, because I have to follow Seb on this one. Yeah. And I think that too. But it won't be pretty. It won't be pretty. One nothing, Man City. 2 no Man City. Uh, I'm... T- Sorry, Seb. We're making you seem like you're like spoiled cabbage or something. Oh, that's but I'm fine. Going with the no Seb score rule, two nil Man City. <laughs> that that is totally fine. One week, one yeah. week, this will backfire on us, and oh, Seb yeah. will get a bunch of games right and like pick yeah. up all these points and get right back in it. Yeah, but but the problem is if Elliot and I get them all right this week. <laughs> yeah, then I'm screwed. Yeah. Yep. Chelsea, Man United. I'm I'm gonna have to stay positive. I'm gonna go one nothing Man United. They're gonna, probably going to play really the same way they did against Liverpool, but this time Slatan won't miss that header. He didn't. I mean, if he was going for goal, he didn't miss. He missed. No, that no, no. Base. He was he was putting it in. <laughs> he, he was hoping that someone was making that run. That's totally obvious. <laughs> no but Slatan yeah. did absolutely nothing in that game to the point that everybody who actually watched him for the first time this year was like, "Yo, does Slatan suck?" He needs uh, Seb because it's been a lot of games where he hasn't done anything. Yeah, I'm going to blame the service of the balls. Okay. Service not been there. Okay. Maybe that's because he doesn't play a winger on the right. He didn't play a natural right winger who could whip in a cross and get the ball's lots on. Yeah. Or because the one time he had everybody in the box, Valencia decided I'm not going to cross it for the first Where's time. David Beckham when we need to, you know? Just imagine that. Beck, Beckham just pumping the balls in. Slotham was for so 2009 Antonio Valencia. Oh. I would take David Beckham now over Antonio Valencia. Yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah. The one the one from the year that he had a bunch of assists, like when Rooney had 30 goals, I'll take that one. Yeah. Oh. Well, am I the only one? This okay. It's no, gonna be one. I'm waiting on Elliot's. Yeah. I'm waiting on Elliot's final. final <laughs> yeah, they're gonna they're gonna cancel each other out. I oh, don't say a scoreless draw again. Oh God. no, no. I have got to pick goals. I I'm torn between three score lines, but none of them is the one that you chose, Seb. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's gonna be either two one 
one nil or one one with all of those potential victories to Chelsea. But I'm just not sure that, especially with the performance that he put in on Monday, they're going to be able to knock two goals in past David De Gea. Well, what if I'm going to say one one version of David De Gea shows up? Yeah, yeah, one 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 draw. One one draw. All right. The truth of the matter is, Mister Pragmatic Jose Mourinho does not want to lose to Chelsea. And he's going to do the whole thing like, oh, he's going to try to smash and grab the game. It's not going to work. Nil-nil. Oh, woof. Yeah. I know. I know. But you don't have to watch it. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, there you have it. That's our scoring predictions. Uh, Before we part ways, we're going to have final thoughts. And uh, I just read that David Moyes is already looking at the January transfer window. And you've already made 10 signings this season. And now your hope is to go and buy more players and just throwing them out there and hope that something sticks. It's not going to work. And why is he even back in the Premier League? He could have just, yeah. Poor, poor. And I mean, what kind of message does that say to the players he has right now? Like, I... I, it's it's I, like oh I hope you yeah, don't suck too much. Are we still thought I'm not supposed to discuss it. It's just for you to out to go out there and venture vent yeah. yourself out. But I'm gonna go with their their record kind of lets the players know exactly it. Yeah, how good or not good they are. Yeah, and Moe should take a lot of responsibility on that. He's not a good manager anymore. Boom, hot take. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I well, my my last one. We spoke a little bit about this before the show. Is um, the Grant Wall published a story suggesting that Darlington Nagby's absence from the national team is not, in fact, really for family reasons, but rather having had a discussion with Jurgen Klinsmann about his role in the team, and more or less just turning down the call-up, right? Refusing to play the role that Jurgen wants him to. And I, as a Timbers supporter, I really want to be behind Nagby on this. And, you know, a little bit, a slight silver lining being, yeah, okay, well, he'll be totally focused on the playoffs should the Timbers actually squeak into him. But it's just, it's so disrespectful. Not, not only to, I think to American soccer fans generally, like supporters of the U.S. men's national team, but also to every professional and even semi-pro player who does or even ever has dreamed of playing for the national team. It's just, yeah, okay, you don't get to play the exact role, the exact style of football you want to. Yeah, all right, Klinsman has some history in this role of butting heads with players, so... You know, maybe it's not 100% on the player, but it's at least, you know, it, the majority is on the player in this one. Because you just suck it up and you you fight for your country. Because, I mean, and that sounds probably more hawkish and jingoistic than I generally tend to be when it comes to national pride. But damn it, this is something that, you know, many people just dream of and pray for. And because you don't get to play exactly the kind of creative role that you want to and because you know you're being pushed to have a little bit more grit and bite in your tackles and that's just not your style you turn down the opportunity to represent the u.s on the field and it just it's it's deeply frustrating on a lot of levels and i think that nagby really did not cover himself in glory with this decision barcelona interested in christian pulisic um, first of all, Christian, don't go there. You're better off at Dortmund. That's the club for you. Stay there. Don't go to Barcelona. Two, totally. this kid, this kid's arrived. We stop. There's no more. If this kid's developed the right way, if this kid, you know, there's no more asterisks. There's no more if, ands, or buts. Kid's good. He's getting better. Yes, he's still getting better. He's still going to be amazing. The kid's already really good. Um, I think it said a lot last week when he started against, when not only did he start, he started both games for Dortmund in the past week. But when they were chasing a goal and uh, Thomas Tuchel made an offensive substitution, he removed Mario Gotze instead of Christian Pulisic. This kid's this kid's here to stay. Uh, get used to it, America. Hashtag get used to it, America. There we go. 
So that's going to do it for this episode. As always, you can find us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren. Paul is P. Costell WFAN. And Elliot is Keats was better. So we'll talk to you again after the weekend. Until then, have a good one. Bye.